0: Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of Coffee with Jesus. Today we're going to speak into the idea of kingdoms, and we're going to be asking a simple question. Which kingdom are you building? If you're part of Liberty Church, you'll know this year we've been pushing into the idea of the king and his kingdom. We've been asking, how do we recalibrate our hearts and minds to our king? How do we live for his kingdom? When we pray the words, your kingdom come, what do we mean? So today we're talking a little bit about kingdoms and which kingdom we're building. If you're new to our podcast, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. If you tune in week after week, again, thank you for joining us. And as far as possible, we'll be releasing this podcast every Tuesday. And the point of this podcast is for us to come together, perhaps in your car on the way to work or dropping your kids off, perhaps while you're at gym, or perhaps just in the quiet of your own home over a cup of coffee or tea. Let's talk about something, anything that will help us be more like Jesus. So if you haven't yet, please will not you subscribe to this podcast on whichever platform you're on, give it a share, share it on social media, and let's get into today's session. As I mentioned, we're talking about kingdom, and I want to go to a story in the New Testament in the life of Jesus that perhaps many of us probably know, you may be familiar with it, Um, you may have read it, uh, you may have skinned over it a few times, and there isn't really anything spectacular about it until you place yourself in the shoes of the man who Jesus interacts with. And that is exactly what I want us to do today. The story is quite early on in the life of Jesus. At at, at this point, he's been baptized. He's done some preaching and teaching, but he's still looking for the core team that is going to follow him and eventually take over from him when he goes back to heaven. So this kind of context, what we're about to talk about here is Jesus being on the lookout for potential leaders of the first century church. Keep that in mind. What he's looking for is a potential first century church leader. Then we read in Mark chapter 2, verse 13. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. I want you to picture the scene for a moment with me. Jesus is walking beside the Sea of Galilee, and this is where, a little while ago, he found the first of his disciples, Peter, James, John, etc. There is an incredible buzz around this guy by the name of Jesus. He seems to be a healer. He's healed lepers. He's made paralyzed people walk. And his preaching, man, his preaching is amazing. It it burns in people's hearts. And so naturally, wherever he goes, a massive group of people go. He's got this following. In today's world, he would have a, a massive following on social media. Now, I don't know about you, but when a massive group of people gathers and you don't know why they're gathering, what do most people do? Most people go and see what all the fuss is about. And so this crowd probably just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And so the crowd following and listening to Jesus that day probably would have been quite sizable. We don't know exactly what Jesus was preaching about. We don't know what he'd done that day. But no doubt the people were following because they were fascinated. They were enthralled. Everyone is following this guy, except for this guy, this man by the name of Levi. Many of us know him better as Matthew. Now, we don't know why he isn't with the crowd. But I imagine it's because he was a tax collector. He may have just been doing his job, but there was probably a little bit more to that because tax collectors was not was not the tax collecting was not the greatest uh, profession. Okay, it wasn't the most he wasn't the most popular person in town. They were local Jewish people employed by the Roman government to take tax from their own people, and on top of the regulated tax from Rome, most tax collectors added a percentage for themselves to make them rich. In other words, tax collectors were seen as local sellouts who were not only making the enemy rich, but stealing from their own people to make themselves rich. In other words, Levi spent his life building the Roman kingdom and his own little kingdom on the side. This is what his whole life had been about up to this point, And he was miserable. When we spend our lives on the wrong things, building the wrong kingdoms, there is a, a hollowness, a sorrow that we can't explain and we, we try to fill the void with perhaps more stuff or working later or harder. We try to fill it with all the trappings of our world. Solomon even speaks about trying to find joy, trying to find whatever life is all about in things like you know, um, searching for knowledge, searching, searching for uh, pleasure, relationships, all this stuff. We do what Solomon did. We try to find it in all the wrong places. People might look happy on the outside, but if we're building the wrong kingdom, in my experience, we don't even know what true joy smells like. So that's no wonder Levi wasn't with the crowd. If this is how the crowd sees you, then the crowd is exactly the last place you would want to be seen. And what made it worse was they were right about him. You don't want to hang around with the people who think the worst of you, and they're right. I can imagine Levi slumped over his booth, looking sad with his lot in life, No one dreams of being a tax collector when they're a small boy. No one dreams about robbing from their own people and and serving the the oppressive Roman government. Perhaps Levi dreamed of being a Jewish fireman. Or even better, perhaps he dreamed of becoming a rabbi. But someone realized he was good with numbers. One thing led to another. And now here he is sitting at a tax collector's booth, afraid to go into a crowd of people and see what is going on. So he just sits dreaming of what could have been perhaps... That's you listening to this. You were identified as having a skill or a gift early on, and that kind of defined your path. Perhaps your parents spoke into it, your educator spoke into it, and you're at a place now that you never dreamed you would be, and it's just kind of happened, and you are miserable. At this point, for some reason, he catches Jesus' eye. For me, this is the best part of the whole story. It tells us that Jesus sees Levi. Levi. Jesus walking along with a crowd of people wanting to be seen by Jesus. He's got a whole group of people dying for Jesus to see them. But in that moment, Jesus sees Levi. And it says that it's not just he sees him, but he knows Levi. The word in the original Greek goes so far beyond simply seeing and tells us that Jesus knew Levi. Jesus saw a man who was more than a job title. Jesus saw a man who was more than the accumulation of the mistakes he had made. Jesus saw a man with potential. Jesus looked through the crowd and saw the individual. Jesus sees you. He not only sees you, but he knows you better than you know yourself. He knows that you are more than the titles you wear. He knows you are more than the life you have settled for. He knows that you are more than the mistakes you have made. Jesus knows who you were created to be, and he sees that potential inside of you, regardless of how long you've been running in the opposite direction. Today, as you listen to this, you might feel alone, you might feel abandoned, you might feel like you're on the outside, you might feel like the outcast, but Jesus sees you and knows you, and he knows and loves you more than you could possibly imagine. In verse 14, it says this, follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. As I mentioned, Jesus notices this guy sitting at his booth, and you can imagine the commotion as Jesus begins to move in the direction of him. All of a sudden, Levi is in the presence of Jesus and he hears the words of Jesus. The man who was slumped over a booth imagining life as it could have been is now in the presence of the Son of God. And he's hearing the words of God. His life is about to get really interesting. All of a sudden, the kingdoms he spent his life building are in the background somewhere because Jesus is here. Jesus shows his love to Levi by looking at him, knowing him, and calling him to follow Jesus. Jesus simply says, follow me. Follow me. And he gives Levi an opportunity at a brand new life. But what goes unsaid is that Jesus says to Levi, it's time for a course correction. Jesus knows the life of Levi, the the kind of life he's led. Jesus knows the stealing and the mistakes and the titles and, and everything else. He knows all of that. Jesus knows that Levi for so long has been living a life guided by the pursuit of wealth and comforts, And Jesus says to him, all of that stuff isn't wrong, but it can't be your primary pursuit. Jesus offers him a chance to build the only kingdom that matters. He doesn't blame him. He doesn't persecute him. He just gives him an offer. Essentially, he says to Levi and to all of us, your life is not about building the Roman kingdom. Whatever that might be for you, your life is not about taking money from others or building your own little kingdom. Your life isn't about something as small and temporary as all of that. No, your life is about building the only kingdom that's going to outlast this world. It's a, it's the kingdom that is 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 greater and grander than you can possibly imagine. He says, "Follow me, where you will discover the only kingdom worth giving your life to." Don't give your life to Rome. Don't give your life to your own wealth. Give your life to a kingdom that is beyond your wildest dreams. Please don't misunderstand me. What I'm not saying here is that working hard is bad or that earning money and getting promoted and and all of that kind of stuff are bad things. I don't think that's the point here. I think all those things are part of what God has designed many of us for. But what I'm simply saying is this, that sometimes we can lose our focus. And when we lose our focus, we tend to sacrifice, sacrifice the most important things for the most immediate things. In this story, there is simply a pattern. And it might not be foolproof, but it can certainly help us stay on course for the majority of our lives. We might not always get our priorities straight, but if we can do these two things, then things can possibly go really well. The first thing is like Levi, we need to find ourselves in his presence. We cannot make course corrections. We cannot live for a grander kingdom if we don't understand what it means to be in his presence. And this is why church is so important coming to church, going to life groups regularly is vital because being in his presence as often as we can means we are seeing things from his perspective. The next thing, the second thing is listening and obeying his voice. And again, this means getting into the Bible. This means praying. And and I want to encourage you, listen to his voice and obey his voice. Obey his voice. Again, preaching, good godly preaching. All of this kind of stuff brings together an awareness and an appreciation of his voice. How do we live for the king and his kingdom? How do we stop building temporary kingdoms? How do we stop building secondary kingdoms and choose to focus on the only kingdom that really matters? Find yourself in the presence of the king and hear the words of the king. Find yourself in the presence of the king and hear the words of the king. Because you see, whether we want to admit it or not, we're already listening to a king and we're already in the presence of a king. But sometimes they are illegitimate kings. Perhaps you are the king of your life, the queen of your life. Perhaps your boss is your king, Perhaps whatever the case is. And I would argue that the longer you listen to the illegitimate kings, the longer you will spend building the wrong kingdom. And so today can I encourage you, step into the presence of the king of kings. Hear his voice and choose to build the only kingdom that's going to outlast every other kingdom, the kingdom of God. Well, God bless you. Have an amazing week. We will see you same time, same place next week.